0: I'm okay. How are you?
1: I'm great. Um it's been a year since we have <laughs> since the last time we've seen each other since or is spoken. The last time we've spoken. <laughs> um and you know, Olivia and I randomly ran into each other in this in the streets and we were like, "Hey, remember that thing we used to do? Um we talked into microphones about movies. Uh we should try that again now that our lives have evened out. Life is a little more sane and organized for the two of us. Um so we decided to come back in and and give it another go.
0: Aaron Sorkin really tried to, to keep us down, but we are coming back. I, we keep sur- coming
1: back. We've survived multiple assassination attempts. <laughs> we at had to go the hands the of Aaron Sorkin and his goons. <laughs> but here we are. Yes. Uh live and well and ready to get back into another Picture Show podcast for those who uh you know may or may not be listening. <laughs> My name's <is> Madeline. <laughs> I'm Olivia. And we're best friends from high school. We've been best friends for well over 10 years now. And we like to talk. And Olivia is a film extraordinaire. She knows everything about everything about film. And I don't.
0: Yeah, that's that's the gist of the show. The um. end. <laughs> Most of the time, Madeline doesn't know what movie we're going to watch and review, but since it's been a year and we needed to, like, you know, have a plan coming back into this episode, um, we mutually agreed on this week's episode. So there's no intro. We're just going to get into it. So we'll get into the review in a little bit. But first, we have some, I think, housekeeping. We need to just, like, catch
1: up, I
0: think. Of course.
1: Of course. It's been Everyone's a year. Everyone's trying to know I've... where we've been. Yeah, we had to go underground for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so What have you been up to? Yeah, so it's been almost exactly a year since we like last sat down and reported. Um, since then, I've bought a house. I've moved, so moved into my house. Uh, I'm gay now. Uh,
0: <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I mean. I've been new, but it was really fun looking back at like all of the signs and you're just like, wow, it's kind of silly when you really, uh, just sit there and think about it. And I was the amount of dodging, like you do <laughs> in like a heteronormative society is really wild. Mm. So there's well, welcome. that. Welcome to the club.
0: Right. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Glad to be here. Cheers. Queers. Yay.
0: <laughs> also, congratulations on the house. Oh
1: yes! Yay, yay! Oh, cool house! Like, (laughs) good job, little buddy. (laughs) Uh, thank you. Um, so I'm still kind of like doing some projects on it, but it's like you know, I'm I've been in this house for. I think next month will be the year mark for my purchase. Saying, I guess. Um, Nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty hype. What about you? What is new for you, my dude?
0: Um. I'm pretty sure a year ago I started a new job, but then I have since quit that job, and I just got a new job today. So
1: Yay!
0: making progress. Um, I have a new dog. Nice. And she is a little terror, but we love her. Um, How old is she now? She's
1: still a puppy, right?
0: She's gonna be nine months in about a week. Oh. So basically nine months. Yeah. Um. So well, still puppy. You. She's in her like teenage phase. I think, I think that's about the, you know, the teenage phase for dogs. Right. Um, she loves getting into trouble. She has a lot of energy and she keeps me on my toes. She keeps me young.
1: <laughs> she keeps me young. Yeah. Uh, my brittle old age. Yeah. I need... Of
0: 28.
1: <laughs> a ripe age of 28. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Have you watched anything fun or cool in the past year?
1: Yes, I have. Um, and one of them is um in my top five that we're going to discuss later Ooh. um so I won't I won't say what it is now but it's like the movie that movie that I'm thinking about in particular was like the favorite that I've watched recently um and what else have I seen that was really good um I re-watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> yes. uh, the extended editions because I finally got HBO Max so like <laughs> I was on a work trip a couple weeks ago and I was like just I just binged all of them when when I got off work it was great um so I watched probably like 12 hours of Lord of the Rings no regrets
0: well that's cool um I'm trying to think that if I watched anything cool I watched Stranger Things that's right um, this you know season four that was pretty good I feel like for a while there Stranger Things was um not keeping not keeping me interested um season three I was I was barely hanging on and I decided to check this season out to see like if I was gonna give up for good but I feel like this season it it, it brought it back
1: it so. really had a huge cultural moment I mean it always has but I feel like this season in particular it just like beat the shit out of everyone like mm-hmm. fucking Kate Bush She's like a quadrillionaire now. Like she was like coasted on her lo- royalties and then like stranger things hit and now she's like quadrupled her like retirement. Mm-hmm. So good for her. Stranger things was really good. Um I feel like TikTok and Instagram are starting to like meld into like the same platform in some mm-hmm. ways because like every video that's on TikTok is now on Instagram and vice versa. The corn kids having his moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is this is a timestamp. Um, yeah, time back stamp. Right, corn kid. The- timestamp, <laughs> August twenty twenty two. That's where we are right now. <laughs> and like, love the kid, love the song remix. But it is the song for every other video that I that pops up on my Instagram feed or my TikTok feed or whatever. And I'm like, hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> love the kid. So glad he loves corn, but. I can't. I cannot. I'm this close to deleting Instagram simply because of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's a hot
1: take. Like I I I'm sorry, corn kid. Like you're the cutest thing since sliced bread, but
0: Yeah, I can only take so much of, yeah. of a trend. And and then I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah. I I I've reached that point. Saturation level exceeded.
0: Mm-hmm. Kim K and space broke up
1: oh Kim K and Pete Wentz I know what Pete, was it
0: Pete Davidson <laughs>
1: <Disney> <laughs> P- that would have been that would have been on brand but also wild <laughs> because <laughs> you've got like Courtney and Travis Barker and then you've got um you know Megan um Fox and MGK so Kim Kardashian dating Pete Wentz would have been age appropriate and also just like on brand with like the men, the, the people in her circle are also mm. dating. So, but yes, Pete Davidson and Kim K broke up. Um, sad, but not surprising, honestly. <laughs> sad. sad And then we move on. <laughs> sad, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. My opinion, not that it really matters, but this is our show. God it. Um, is that like, Everybody thought they were going to get married. Like, they're just so into each other. And I'm like, if anything, they probably would have dated for, like, ten years and broken up. Like, if they were to go the distance, I don't know if they would have ever gotten married, but Mm. they would have been together for a really long time. Yeah. But, I don't know.
0: I have no opinion.
1: Yeah. I, I (laughs) I was
0: surprised when I saw that they were together, and I was like, okay. And then I heard they were broken up, and I was like, okay okay and then yeah i mean good for them
1: i'm curious to see who pete davidson dates next Mm -hmm. because i feel like crazy
0: track record like he really
1: has like who (laughs) i saw i saw a meme of him with the queen of england
0: (laughs) like i mean yeah she's a she's a widow now so she's single
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is another thing that happened since we stopped recording (laughs) <laughs> prince <laughs> philip died <laughs> true anyway i watched like two episodes of the crown so in my opinion like i guess r.i.p like who cares because you were kind of a douche in the crown
0: hmm. all right so now we can get into our movie review we're not doing a formal intro this time because we both know what movie we're gonna do Damn. And that movie
1: is okay. pride motherfucking prejudice Pride and Prejudice. Motherfucking Pride and Prejudice. 2005, Keira Knightley, then One Dude from Succession. Pride yes. and Prejudice.
0: Mm-hmm. Based off of the classic Jane Austen novel. Um, All right. I believe this is about one of Madeline's favorite films.
1: Yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite films and it is my number one like comfort film. Mm. Like If I'm just like, cozy night in just chilling want to watch a movie don't know what to watch Pride and Prejudice it's an easy go-to my sister and I love this movie so we watch it all the time
0: it is a it is a very good movie I agree it's it is a comfort movie I I feel like every time I've tried to watch it recently I just become so comfortable that I like fall asleep and that doesn't happen when I watch movies like it's just like I'm just like I feel so warm and Cozy, you know, like I'm not saying that as like it's boring and (laughs)
1: I'm (laughs) I'm like terrible now. No, No. tread lightly.
0: No, I'm just it's like it just makes me feel comfy and nice. So all right. So our plan is we're gonna uh, review this movie, talk about it for a while, and then at the end of this episode, we're gonna talk about our top five favorite book to movie adaptations. And I'll get into the rules for that when we get to that. But that's going to be kind of our plan for the rest of this episode. So before we get into uh, our thoughts on the movie, I'm going to give, you know, the quick facts like normal, and then we can move right along. All right. So Pride and Prejudice is a 2005 romantic drama film adaptation of Jane Austen's classic novel of the same name. The film features an 18th century english family of landed gentry as they deal with issues of marriage morality and misconceptions the film was directed by joe wright in his feature directorial debut and was written by deborah magic the cast includes keira knightley matthew McFadden, uh, donald sutherland rosamund pike jenna malone judy dench tom hollander simon woods carrie mulligan and rupert friend amongst many others
1: it's one of those movies because like it's since it was back in like 2005 are you done sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like shut the fuck up about those stats Olivia Um, yeah yeah
0: yeah, that's nice Uh (laughs) oh
1: that's cool that's cool shut the fuck up Uh (laughs) well like because you were like it's stacked and it's funny because like yeah it it definitely is but it's like a lot of the people were in this movie before their careers like exploded like Mm -hmm. Carrie Mulligan um Kieran Knightley, this was around the time that she was doing Parts of the Caribbean. So, like, mm. I guess it's, you know, same wavelength and, like, um, Love Actually. She was in Love Actually. But um, Matthew McFadden, I think he, I don't remember him in anything else before Pride and Prejudice. So, like, so a lot of these people, like, obviously, Don uh, Donald Sutherland's been around since, like, literally the dawn of film. <laughs> so, <laughs> love him, but it's true. Uh, so you know, some of these people are, had well-established careers, but like a lot of people you're like, oh my God, they're in this movie. And it's like, yeah, it was one of their first ones before the career launch. So that's why it's amazing. I mean, I just love the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It is very close to the events of the book. I honestly can't remember if there's anything that's like, except for the very, very, excuse me, very last scene where they're like sitting in front of the, the big, You know, palace, and they're, you know, he's like calling her Mrs. Darcy or whatever. That doesn't happen in the book. No, that's the best scene of the fucking movie. (laughs) Um, it's very close to the book. I just, I just drink it in every time, and you know, the drama, like, just your heart aches a little bit, and you're just like, ah, like silly fools. It is all about misunderstandings. Like, there's so Mm. much more than you think. You know,
0: I um and relatively new to Pride and Prejudice like I had not read the book until recently um uh, yeah. and I had not seen the movie until like last year sometime so I feel like I am I'm a baby to like Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice but I I feel like in researching for this this episode I, I did like a whole crash course of of Pride and Prejudice content, yeah, and uh, it's slowly becoming one of my like favorite things that exists. Um, the movie itself is just like gorgeous mm-hmm. from start to finish, mm-hmm. and I'm amazed that it's his, it's Joe Wright's first like feature film because it's incredible. Oh yeah, it doesn't like... feel like a first film, which no, is it's testament to him and his talent as a director. The performances are great i feel like everybody feels very true to the characters in the book um but also fresh and like accessible for modern audiences like myself so right yeah i i really enjoy this movie and i'm glad that we get to talk about it
1: i know i can't wait let's let's get into it okay, have you
0: seen first have you seen any other um like adaptations of pride and prejudice
1: I have seen the miniseries with Colin Firth, which is also very good. Yes, it is. Um, it's, I, but it is a bit more like stiff. Like it is just a bit more like, I don't know. It's it, more book it, accurate. Right. And it's almost like, it was, <laughs> no offense to the British, but it's almost like made more for British audiences <laughs> because it was like a BBC like miniseries. <laughs> and like, you know, I, you and I both have like lived in England and like, you know, I have family in in the UK and Ireland so like so you know I'm like I get it like I get there's like I love British media so but like you're watching it like as an American and I'm sure you were nodding your head it's like "Mm, this is a very British program like much
0: drier than the than -hmm. the movie
1: yeah the movie has like a lot more funny moments like a Mm -hmm. lot more just like awkwardness
0: yeah, I, I I've seen the miniseries. Um, I think it is also very well done. Mm-hmm. I think they both the miniseries and the movie kind of have pros and cons to both mm-hmm. that I could appreciate. Um, and both are similar and different to the book in different ways.
1: Right. But, the big pro for the miniseries is Colin Firth. Like, yeah, I yeah. agree. And his the like, pro <laughs> his
0: diving scene, classic. Ugh. I also saw a like. YouTube ch- miniseries like a like a web series called yeah. um, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and it's basically just Pride and Prejudice, but it's a web series uh, performed by some actors doing the story, but it, like modernized.
1: Oh, I as like a that.
0: as like a YouTube like channel. It's it, it was really good. It was, it was very cool. cool. So check that out if you're interested in more Pride and Prejudice content adaptations you know all right I guess Madeline would you like to start off with a synopsis always and we can just go through the film that way
1: sounds good I'll I'll make this brief I know I can go on forever about them um so we start with the Bennett family um there are geez what five girls in the Bennett family the oldest is Jane hot one Lizzie smart one also Mr. Bennett's favorite then we have Mary Plays the piano. She's annoying. Um, and then we have uh, Kitty and Lydia. And Lydia's the youngest. She's annoying as fuck. And um, Kitty kind of just does whatever she does. So mm. that's the Bennetts for you. Um, Mrs. Bennet is obsessed with getting her daughters married off. And Mr. Bennet's just kind of like, go with the flow. You know, really nice dude. But like, is he really that attentive? No. They catch wind that... Mr. Bingley, his sister, and a friend have taken residence up at this, like, big manor house out in the country where they live. And basically, she's, the reason Mrs. Bennett's obsessed with getting her daughters married off is that, you know, they need to be secure because once Mr. Bennett dies, Mr. Collins is the next male heir, so he inherits the property and will do whatever he wants with it, and that might mean kicking them out of the house, so... She's like, let's get these hoes married off. Let's get them married to, like, wealthy-ass men because, like, I didn't raise any quitters. (laughs) (laughs) So they go, they meet Mr. Bingley. They insist that he has a ball. He has a ball. Mr. Darcy's there. Well, there's a big dance first, and that's when he shows up. Um, At, like, the local...
0: It's like Uh, a social dance hall, yeah.
1: Yeah, the local dance hall. So he shows up there first, and that's when they first meet him, and that's where we first meet Mr. Darcy. And Mr. Darcy speaks to Elizabeth, and, like, you know, at first you're like, ooh, oh, my gosh, attraction? Weird. And then you find out later he's like, ew, (laughs) ew, Lizzie, gross. (laughs) She She ugly. ugly. (laughs) She ugly. (laughs) She's not cool. She just has a brain. And then you know, Lizzie Bennet's like, okay, cool. Like, fuck off, I guess. Um, but Mr. Bingley is really into, um, Jane. Um, cause you know, she's beautiful. She's played by Rosamund Pike. So naturally super hot. Um, even for like, you know, 18, whatever, 20s dress wear. Anyway. So Jane goes out, is invited out to, you know, dine with Mr. Bingley's sister she mrs bent is the sneakiest bitch <laughs> mrs bent like you're not taking a horse you're gonna walk and she's like or you're gonna take a horse you're gonna go by horseback you're not taking the carriage mm-hmm. and jane's like what the hell and lizzie's like no it's gonna rain so it rains while she's riding out jane's riding out she gets sick lizzie has to go and like check in on her sister because like back in those days like even though it's like you know maybe five miles away the fact that she's ill means that she has to stay there for like a week until she's better and can return home. So Lizzie's like, screw this. I'm going to go and check up on her. Cause we yeah. haven't heard from her, in, you know, a day or so. So she goes out there, you know, of course, Mr. Darcy's there. And that's where they're kind of like, tête-à-tête's begin. They're challenging each other a little bit intellectually, a little bit of flirtation. You're like, Oh my God, like, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, then the rest of the Bennett women show up, beg Miss, uh, Mr. Bingley, to host a ball he does so the ball is high key a disaster <laughs> for all the bennett's like all the bennett's except for jane and lizzie like just do not look good uh mrs bennett's drunk the, the two younger ones kitty and lydia are just acting fools mary is playing the piano badly mr bennett's just kind of like a doofus like floating around love him but still so after the ball the bingley's just kind of like close up shop and leave and you don't really, they don't really know why, except, like, they're just going back to London. And Jane's all upset because she was like, oh, I thought I was going to marry this guy I really like. Like, I don't care about the fact that he's, like, filthy rich. Like, he was just, like, really cute and, like, basically a human golden retriever, and I wanted to marry that. And so, you know, she's really upset by that. She takes off to London to, like, get some R&R. They all, they travel a lot around, like, England. You kind of forget where everybody goes. Mm-hmm. Or before that, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before that, <laughs> Mr. Collins shows up, the cousin that's supposed to inherit these, the little estate that they live on, the little farm they live on. And he's looking for a wife because he's the pastor for this rich duchess. And he's like, well, she wants me to get a wife. So I'm going to go get me a wife. And he's like, hey, Mrs. Bennett, how about Jane? And she's like, no, not Jane. But Lizzie's available. And he's like, ooh, Lizzie. So he tries to propose to Lizzie. Lizzie's like, fuck right off. So (laughs) that doesn't work. Mr. Collins then proposes to Charlotte, who is Lizzie's best friend. So Charlotte and Mr. Collins go off and get married. And they go move into the priest house at the ladies' estate. So Lizzie goes and visits them. And then while she's there, fucking Darcy shows up. And you're just like, "Boom!" And he's like, oh, this duchess is my aunt, right? Um, and you meet like the duchess who's judy dench and then the cousin her daughter who's this like frail ass girl you don't know who she is she just like that girl's important because she's supposed to be like married off to darcy and that doesn't work out obviously so like darcy shows up again you're like okay cool so then they kind of like rekindle their like friendship kind of like weird like moments darcy just like walks into the house and he's like hi and she's like do you want something and he's like oh no. And then he just leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Best part of the movie or one of them. Movie's great. So Lizzie finds out that the reason Mr. Bingley had closed up shop and left was because Darcy told Bingley that Jane's family was just not good stock. Like you don't want to be messing with that mess. And so you, you should just cut your losses and go back to London. So, but he did this in like the, in his mind, he was protecting his friend from like just a big embarrassment because let's be real, like they were all acting a fool, except for Lizzie. He also
0: and- just thought that Jane wasn't into him. So right, he was yeah. like, She's not into you, and her family sucks. So
1: you should bounce, which I mean, yeah. like, valid, but also fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. But like, I don't know, you could have done it more gracefully, you meddling ho. So Lizzie finds this out. She's very upset. And the same day, Darcy rolls up and it's raining. It's so dramatic. And he's like, He proposes to. Lizzie and Lizzie's like are you fucking kidding me you were like I just found out you insulted my entire family oh and he's going on he's like you're of lower like class and everything but I don't care your family sucks but I don't care <laughs> I love you're kind of
0: you. you're kind of icky but like I don't
1: care yeah. <laughs> you're still kind of uggo like let's be <laughs> honest but I'm still into it I'm trying to hit you want to get married and Lizzie's like absolutely fucking not and she like rejects him so hard. It's like unbelievable. And he's like a little butthurt. So he takes off. So like kind of in and around all of this, this soldier, the soldiers come to their hometown and Mr. Wickham's there. And Mr. Wickham is this lowly like foot soldier, but he's like smart and hot and like mysterious. And so Lizzie's like, Ooh, who's that? And Darcy's like, ew. <laughs> and Wickham's like, mm, gross. And they hate each other. And, You know, you (laughs) kind of don't know why, but at first you get Wickham's side of the story.
0: There's bad vibes.
1: Right, there's bad vibes between the two men. And you find out because... (laughs) I'm sorry, give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Wickham tells Elizabeth that they they grew up together. His father uh, ran the estate of Mr. Darcy's father mm-hmm. and Mr. Darcy saw Wickham as his, as a son, as equal to him as, as, uh, Fitzwilliam. So when he died, Mr. When Mr. Darcy senior died, um, Fitz, uh, Wickham wanted to join the church and then become like the resident priest at, um, what is the name of the estate? Oh my God. Hemberley. Pemberley. I was gonna say Manderley, but that's uh, that's, that's Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, at Pemberley. Wow, I'm like a fake fan right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was. He wanted to be the residential like uh, pastor, priest, vicar, whatever at Pemberley, and he says that Darcy wouldn't allow it, and banished him from Pemberley. And now he's this lowly foot soldier, and he didn't. He doesn't get his his inheritance basically from Darcy Senior. So Lizzie's like, "Wow, Darcy, you're fucked up." So Darcy <laughs> leaves her <laughs> and There's she's There's no like, digging, right. just as like, mm, yes, you write. right. I don't check <laughs> my sources. <laughs> and he, so after their whole spat over the proposal, he does leave her a letter and explains his side of the story that Wickham is actually like a douche canoe and tried to get his inheritance. Uh, he decided he wasn't going to join the church and he just wanted his monetary inheritance. And Darcy gave that to him after uh, Darcy Sr. died. But he gambled it away. He eventually was poor again and tried to hook up with Darcy's younger sister. And then run away with her. But that didn't work. He was trying to run away with Georgiana, which is Darcy's younger sister. And she was only 15 at the time. Darcy was like, me thinks the fuck not, get out of here. So then Lizzie kind of feels a little bashful because like that was one of the reasons she like yelled at darcy she was like you're an asshole to wickham and he's like what the fuck did wickham tell you so then she goes home she meets up with her fam her aunt and uncle and they're like let's do a tour of the countryside she's like okay that sounds lovely let's let's get away and then lizzie or lydia excuse me goes off to the south of england with this general and his wife because she wants to i suppose and he's in charge of, like, this general obviously is traveling with the army, so she just wants to far- follow all the army boys around. Nobody thought that was a bad idea except for Lizzie. So while she's traveling, Lizzie's traveling with her aunt and uncle, they decide to tour separately, And Lizzie's like, well, let's not do it. And they're like, oh, no, it's it's totally cool. Like, the, the lords of the manor are never around. Of course, they're doing the tour, and who who's there? Darcy. So this is, like, a couple months after they're, like, awkward, kind of breakup fight. So then he invites them to the house to do, like, formal tour. And then they find out that Lydia, the youngest, who's 15, has run away with Wickham. Nowhere to be found. And if word gets out that she ran off with some army dude, the entire bedded family is just ruined. They can't get married. Darcy's like, I fucking love you, Lizzie. I can't marry you if your family's in ruins. I'm gonna fix this shit. So he takes off. He... You find out later he found Lydia and Wickham, forced them to get married, paid Wickham like a dowry, so to speak. And Lydia and Wickham are married. So, oh my God. Oh, my, i am run out of breath. This is a long <laughs> movie. Long movie. <laughs> so a funny. lot happens. A lot happens. So they all come back to the Bennett house. All the girls are home. They're kind of talking about it. Suddenly, Mr. Bingley like word has it that he's back in town, and Jane's like, "I don't care." She cares. Um, <laughs> She's trying she to play cares. cool. So Mister Bingley and Mister Darcy show up after Lydia and uh, Wickham had like swammed through and like shown off the fact that they are married, and then they left again. Wickham and Darcy return. They come to the Bennet house, and they're just kind of like, "Hi," <laughs> and. At first you're like, what are you doing here? Eventually Bingley comes back in and he proposes to Jane, she says yes. And so then uh, Lizzie confesses to Jane that she actually does love Darcy. She kind of figured out that Darcy had done all of this stuff to like, you know, protect the family because he loves her. And she's like, oh my God, I was so wrong about him. Like, I love him so much. Like we're so similar, it's actually kind of crazy. And Jane's like, what the fuck? um so then the next morning's the famous scene where it's dawn and it's all misty and they like lizzie can't sleep so she's like walking through the fields and then he comes and he's got the deepest bee you've ever seen in your fucking life and he comes up and he's like i still love you bitch i ain't never gonna stop loving you bitch and he's like <laughs> you have bewitched me body and soul For basically it's like if you still love me will you marry me and she was like yeah let's do it then they get married, and then the best scene at the end is he's like they're just having a very lovely moment. So that's Pride and Prejudice, man. Like a lot does happen in this movie. It it's
0: very um and there's a lot of like little moments too. It's just it's right. like they hate each other in the beginning because mm-hmm. Darcy is very grumpy and mm-hmm. Lizzie is is gullible and proud in a lot of ways, but also I stand behind her, uh, thousand almost, percent. Yeah, if 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 I was at like a dance and some guy was like being all grumpy pants, I I would also be like, you know what? He's probably a douche canoe, and whatever negative thing I hear about him, I will latch on to. <laughs> <laughs> I will
1: I will believe, yeah. <laughs> without following up in any way, shape, yes, or form, wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think I, what I, don't I, even I know. think what's great about it though, like, is that I mean I. took me forever to explain it but like it does it is so smooth like I feel like you're never lost even though Mm -hmm. so much happens because they kind of like make sure to like emphasize certain things like the scene where you know Kitty's crying because Lydia wants to go like Lydia was invited to go with the family down to the down to Brighton and Lizzie is talking to Mr. Bennett and she's like this is a bad idea like she's like it's like kind of hammered in that like Lydia's a flirt this is a bad idea you shouldn't let her go and like Donald Sutherland's like Ooh, I don't care. and then you know then not too long after that scene the consequences of that are exposed so like mm-hmm. people if you're you know watching it it's not like you have to pay super close attention you're just kind of like oh that happened like five minutes ago fools
0: and so. I think like one of the things that this movie does really well uh, help the audience understand the politics of the time and why, like, certain things are a big deal. And, like, mm-hmm. why certain choices are, you know, can affect the entire family for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives. Reading Jane Austen's book, you can tell she's not writing it as, like, a, this is going to be a timeless classic. And I need to make sure that
1: <laughs> everyone, <laughs> you know, in, the everyone future in, like,
0: 2022 will be able to understand mm-hmm. uh, what I'm talking about. She, like, is writing for her contemporaries. And trust that they understand they know they already know like what she's talking about she doesn't need Mm -hmm. to explain how things work um but for like you know me Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching i'm like okay how does how does the like money situation work here how does how does darcy make money how does uh lydia getting married to wickham like matter how does mr collins play into all of this and like Mm -hmm. Why is you know Lizzie as a protagonist v- more complicated than just like she's a strong female character you know like yeah the movie just does a really good job of like helping tell that story without making it like they're holding your hand the whole time mm-hmm. I don't even know really how they do that it's it's I think it's like subtle changes that they made like from the movie or from the book to the movie you know I feel like in the in the book um. The Bennett family, they're you could tell that they're like wild and like they're like chaotic, but they're a little more cold. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the movie, they do a good job of kind of showing like a more intimate dynamic between the family members themselves. And Mm -hmm. it feels more like, you know, a family of sisters. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And so you you can kind of like relate to them a little more and and see them as a as a unit. And also, I know fun fact: they changed the time period in the movie compared to the original novel. I believe the original novel was took place in eighteen thirteen, but for the movie, they changed the time period to the seventeen nineties, mm. because. The director just hated the costumes or like hated the the fashion of the like 1810s he He thought that they were like the regency era (laughs) yeah yeah, he was like that's gross i hate that um so they moved it forward a little bit to like one like tone down the image of the like squeaky clean regency Mm -hmm. era like not elite but like that class like of going on and and when we're in this era you can kind of see like the Bennetts a little more dirty and grungy and like their their lack of wealth shines through a little bit more right um yeah I don't know I'm just kind of rambling but
1: <laughs> no uh, no I didn't know that that's awesome
0: yeah I just thought it was hilarious yeah. that like he was like nah those the the clothes are ugly so let's <laughs> yeah. let's no powdered wings on my set <laughs> forward like 20 years and and do that cool but you can One also second. tell that like Caroline like Caroline's uh costumes uh Bingley's sister like she comes from London and so she's wearing the like fashion from London the like more mm-hmm. progressive like fashion so she's wearing the the like empire waist yeah or gowns and you can tell that she's like a little more um in fashion than right. some of the people in Netherfeet or where are they I don't know
1: They're like, they're like kind of in the Midlands in England. So, like the country, basically.
0: But, like, what are some of your favorite scenes
1: from the movie? It's all coming back. It's all coming (laughs) back to me now. Okay, my first, the first one that pops in my head is just, like, the juxtaposition between when Mrs. Bingley was, like, freaking, or not Mrs. Bingley, Mrs. Bennett was freaking out about um, Lydia disappearing, and she was like bedridden because she was just so upset. And then, <laughs> literally, the moment she finds out she's married to Wickham, and like the day is saved, she's like, Lydia, married, and at fifteen, up <laughs> <and 15. laughs> the fuck up, you crazy bitch. Um, you you slay me, and that was a, that was a good moment, kind of like what you were talking about, how like the movie does a good job of explaining things, hmm. like. Lizzie's like why are you so happy that like this scandal almost like came upon us and just like now she's married and she's like you know I am the mother of five girls like if when you're in my shoes like you will understand like the importance of marrying your daughters off um because as you said like that would have been something that was just generally understood during the time that the book was first published Mm. and after my other favorite scene is when Lizzie's staying with Charlotte and Mr. Collins and she's in the house alone and Darcy just yeah. bursts through the door. She's like, what's up? And he's like, <laughs> oh, nothing. <laughs> she's like, you want some tea? And he's like, no, just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Like that was like one of the most relatable things I've ever seen where you're like you just want to like say hi to your crush and you're like I have no reason to be here.
0: (laughs) No I just love how he enters that's also one of my favorite scenes because it's like she's just like peacefully writing and then it's just like a Tarantino film like he just like busts in and it like zooms in on his face and it's just like very (laughs) abrupt and and everyone's just like (gasps) and then she's like hi and he's like. (laughs) hi he's like i love you (laughs) i mean hi (laughs) like i was watching the um director's commentary and apparently he will he was he wanted to propose at that moment but was too nervous too and so instead he was just like
1: no i love that yeah oh we need to talk about the famous hand flex yes scene oh my god okay so So this is is after this is after lizzie goes to the manor where um Bingley and Caroline and Darcy are saying, and she's mm-hmm. kind of checking in on Jane and the family shows up and like it's a whole mess and this is when they're leaving after picking Jane up essentially from the, the sick house yes and they're all loading up into the carriage and Lizzie's last and Darcy like bare hand to bare hand like like oh skin to skin contact um helps her like takes her hand helps her into the carriage and they just like kind of have their like that was like their first like contact and you're just like Psh! like the audience kind of fed in <laughs> and it's like very I mean it's very quick but like they're just like ooh and the carriage leaves and Darcy is like marching away like he just seems so stone cold he's marching away but the hand or the hand of the camera zooms in on his hand and he just goes like super big flex and then like ooh, back stretch. into a balled up fist <laughs> and and <laughs> did you like that visual yeah I was like, like ooh, big stretch big stretch yeah like he's a fucking dog and back into a strong fist and he like you know power walks back through the house and like it's just you know everybody's like gagged over that because you know it's kind of like my, I don't know what the actual, I mean, it was improvised. I knew that much that um it was an improvised, like, hand flex. And I guess, like, the camera just caught it at the perfect time. And they're like, that's gold. In my interpretation, it's because he was just like, ooh, I touched a girl. <laughs> I touched a cool girl. And then <laughs> was like, but back to being a man. But uh, I'm grumpy. But I'm grumpy about it. She's hot, but I hate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think... um. My interpretation, well, I know that, like, the way that it's shot that way is because the director, Joe Wright, like, hates scenes of people getting in and out of carriages. He thinks they're boring.
1: It's just a very specific thing to hate. Yeah, I don't A scene of people getting in and out of carriages, I'm confused.
0: So he wanted to film it in, like, a more dynamic way, so he focused on their hands and faces rather than, like, their bodies getting into the carriage, and mm. I think mm. because he did that, there's a lot more room to, like, interpret, like, the intimacy between the two characters, you know? So, like, you see him, like, it's a close-up of him holding her hands, helping her in. Yeah. So we don't see, like, their bodies. We just see their hands. But we know, mm. like, the gesture that's going on and, like, the intimacy that's, like, in just, like, two people holding hands. Mm. Um, And then we see her, like, shocked. She's kind of, like, confused, like, by... He, He he, he, yeah he touched me ew and and then he turns around like stone cold um and he's just very like stiff he's very stiff he's a very reserved person and that hand flex is just kind of like a release of (laughs) tension and energy it's like a, a little bit of a climax if you will but
1: not that they believed in washing hands back then but you know he did not wash that hands For six.
0: So, anyways, yeah, it's it's a great scene, classic, very well. It's very like well constructed, um, piece of editing. I think.
1: Hmm. Agreed.
0: Because it just does something and it's like not obvious it's just within the context that the audience can pull from it and just that motion of like flexing and releasing tension is like visceral so very well done indeed another one of my favorite uh scenes is the so i think my two favorite scenes one we've already talked about uh when he busts in (laughs) and (laughs) like surprise attacks her and then the second is the proposal scene, because I just, it's just, like, so, like, intense, and... Well, the, the
1: fake proposal, like, where, not the fake one, but the failed proposal, or the real one?
0: The failed proposal.
1: Got it. Where it's the raining, and it's just...
0: Yes. The Netflix, like,
1: raining. real for the movie, that one. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Where they're, like, screaming at each other, and they're, like, this close to each other, and, like, about to kiss, and it's just, like, just... <sighs> um. Yeah,
1: just, <laughs> just do it. Just to just, just, kiss. just kiss. No keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The rhythm in the scene is just like perfect, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a master class of directing and acting and editing and everything is just working together. And mm-hmm. Jane Austen's writing fits the aesthetic, obviously perfectly and enhances it because it's just like so, no one talks like that but it's like you get the like passion yeah. behind everything that they're saying so
1: and it just rings like it just like feels like two intelligent people who are acting stupid having a fight like that's how it is and that's like that's how, what it's supposed to be and that is exactly how it feels you're like you're like oh you're so perfect for each other but you hate each other just for dumb reasons mm. stop right now and key
0: but I love how like Matthew McFadden's Darcy is a little more um vulnerable, or at least he feels mm-hmm. more vulnerable in the scene because he shows up, he's drenched, and he like proposes and you can you feel like he's bearing his soul. Um and then Kira Knightley is just like, nah, bitch. And you're kind of like, Oh, harsh, Lizzie. Um
1: <laughs> Then you gotta hearken back to like what she heard from his yeah. cousin, like in the church, and you're like I would be as heated, if not more, if I was her. So you're like, but everybody loves Darcy. So you're like, it's just this like battle of like, you know, two faves going at it. And you're just like, Ugh.
0: but knowing what we know, like seeing the movie and reading the books and whatever, we know how it all turns out. We know Darcy, like who Darcy is. But so like watching his performance and his reaction to like the things that she's saying to him, I think is, he just does like an incredible job. Cause he's just like shook at like, the things she's accusing him of, but also just like, nah, bitch, like,
1: no. But like, also when she kind of throws everything he just said to her back in his face, like, you're proposing to me, but you just called me like, yeah. like poor <laughs> trash. <laughs> you said my family's crazy. You like hate everything about me, but you still love me. Like you think mm-hmm. I should accept all that, and then he's like, well, yes, because I'm like cool and rich. <laughs> And she's like, I'm not just gonna throw myself at you because you're cool and rich. Like you obviously suck mm. and need, you know, to grow. And he's like, Well fuck you too then. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: it's, it's wonderful,
1: wonderful it scene. Is brilliant, brilliant. Um, another classic is I actually love the scene where Judy Dench, um, the Duchess, shows up in the middle of the night to like yell at Lizzie because you know she had i guess she caught wind you kind of don't really understand how at least in the movie like it's kind of hard to get how the duchess kind of figures it out that darcy's got the hots for lizzie but
0: i feel like darcy's like kind of um this is just me i feel like it's not correct at all but my interpretation is darcy was like hey <laughs> for getting married and she's like what and then he doesn't elaborate and so she has to like go like investigate
1: my thing is i think she heard about this massive dowry that like she heard about the marriage between wickham and lydia Hmm. and she probably like you know snooped around like she had somebody snoop around for her and she figured out how that happened and that darcy arranged it and she's like oh fuck no Cause she like she's not dumb. She saw like how Darcy looked at Lizzie. Like it was at her fucking hometown, her her turf where the mm. initial proposal went down. So she then she was like, "No, I I gotta bring this to the source." Mm. And she goes and confronts Lizzie, and Lizzie's like, "Suck my ass, you old hag! Like you are insulting me in my own home. Like please leave." Technically, what you're saying is not true, but if Darcy came around tomorrow and proposed, I would say yes. So get out <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's talk about casting
1: brilliant 12 out of 10 could not have done anything better could have done. A, could have done a lot of things worse um let's start with Kira Knightley I think she's just like Kira Knightley is so beautiful but like the way they put her together in the film like uh, like she's still attractive Mm -hmm. but like the way they dressed her the way they like did her makeup like she was also just like a provincial woman basically (laughs) like she was like a pretty provincial woman like fool like she her personality is supposed to shine more than her looks because jane's supposed to be like the hot one um and Roseman Pike is the hot one, so, mm-hmm. um, in the movie. So, you know, 12 out of 10. But she also is just phenomenal because, like, she's got the upper crust accent. But, like, she, she just memorized the lines so well. Like, talking about the proposal scene. Like, they're throwing, like, old-timey word after old-timey word. And, like, it hits, it slaps, it punches. You're just like, man, I don't know what the fuck all these are individually as words but like strung together i understand exactly what you're getting across um so she's amazing
0: i agree i think she's gorgeous in the movie but still feels very like attainable i don't know if that's the right word like relatable um she's supposed to be kind of like the audience stand-in like in the book like we all relate to to lizzie bennett like we see ourselves in lizzie bennett in one way or another you know mm-hmm. but yeah. she's like our way into the story yeah um and i feel like Kira knightley does a, a really good job of encapsulating that i know joe wright like when he was casting for the film didn't initially want Kira knightley because he thought that she was too pretty but then when they met in person he was like oh no nah. she's she's fine
1: <laughs> so rude I think it was You're perfect. It was,
0: it was more <laughs> because she's like kind of tomboyish. Um, yeah. So like the mix between her classic beauty and her, her energy just like felt very Lizzie Bennet. So definitely. um, how, Like what do you think of Lizzie Bennet like as a character before we move on to the other uh, casting choices?
1: I think she's one of the better female protagonists out there because mm. like she has her flaws obviously like what is this story if it's not like pointing out everyone's flaws and like how all of it adds up to like absolute chaos um and misunderstanding but she like she's very consistent with like her morals and her attitude it's just like once things are like she's it's not like she has this like grandiose like character change character development it's like you know, because this, this film is only really supposed to take place over the course of like a year. Mm. So yeah, people change a lot in a year, but like also not that much. And also maybe not as much in the time of like, you know, candlelight and no internet, because you're exposed to pretty much the same thing year after year. Her like character development or like her, I guess, like arc is just her learning new information and like processing it and acting, you know, accordingly. Like she doesn't like go through some like massive trauma and comes out completely different or comes out like with a new character trait. She's just like a smart girl who loves her family and like knows what she's worth. Yeah. And she's not going to put up with shit. And then once she realizes that she was wrong about certain things, she sees, you know, Darcy in a new light and she's like, Oh no, I, I fuck with this. Like, and she, and she's capable of admitting that she was wrong. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I was wrong because I learned new information about Darcy. He's hot. He slaps. I'm gonna marry that dude.
0: I don't know why. I it, it like feels very like uh, akin to like cancel culture, kind of or like like people like like he she sees like a Buzzfeed article like top five worst things about Mister Darcy and is like, yeah, you know what? I, don't, I that's that's it. Buzzfeed told me that you know he's trash. So. He's, and then just fuck him forever. But then, like realizing Buzzfeed actually is kind of a dick. And yeah,
1: <laughs> Buzzfeed is anti-Darcy no matter yeah. what. Yeah. <laughs> and then she reads an MSNBC article, uh, <laughs> a article about why Darcy's doesn't suck, written by Darcy, but still <laughs> actually accurate. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. <laughs>
0: um and then he like pays off her student loans or something and she's like you know what yeah, let's yeah. get married
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah oh my God. no I agree with everything you said she's I think not an annoying female character I feel like I, I don't know why but a lot of the like more iconic like classic trope of female characters I think we've been you know we've talked about this before in previous episodes just like mm-hmm. come across as very like two-dimensional um Badness like everywhere. they have they have no they don't really grow because they're already perfect you know right. um they don't listen to anybody because they're confident and don't need to like can't tell me anything you know and it's just like kind of boring and but also like you said she doesn't she doesn't go through any like severe trauma it's like just things happen people make mistakes mm-hmm. and she learns new information and that's like how the story progresses it's not like some horrific thing happens to her and that's how she becomes a better person or right, stronger exactly. person it's like she just judges someone and then realizes that she was wrong about him and everybody yeah lives
1: happily ever after exactly because like nothing that happens to lizzie in the or anyone in the movie or the book mm. is out of the ordinary to like life in that time and in that in that region because like sh- that could have been like the fifth time she went out to the on this like countryside tour with her aunt and uncle and like this time they're like oh let's let's tour pemberley this time we haven't done it in the last five summers we've done this and she's like uh you know the only circumstances that are different is that she just knows the dude who owns it now like she's mm-hmm. met darcy um and you know darcy lives there so darcy can go there whatever the fuck he wants so like it's just it's not like a meteor crash no zombie apocalypse no civil war it's just life in the country of of england and it's beautiful and it's simple but it's also awesome
0: yeah i mean i think from the very brief uh research i've done on jane austen from what i've gathered she is known to and like praised for really only writing about like what she knows right. and like her life experience and she doesn't like she she doesn't like venture out past that mm-hmm. for most of her work which makes her work feel very grounded and real and true to life but also like humorous because she can like she's a master at birds <laughs>
1: yeah Oh my god, she's so good. All right.
0: So Keira Knightley, fantastic. Lizzie Bennett, awesome.
1: All right. right.
0: So Mr. Darcy himself, Matthew McFadden. Okay. McFadden. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but McFadden. Yeah, Matthew
1: McFadden. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. He is so lovely. Like, I don't know. He just he is the perfect Darcy. I mean, mm-hmm. so is so is Colin Firth, but like for the film, like he's the perfect like film Darcy. Mm-hmm. Cause like, as you said, like he is just like, he just has that like lost, like beaten, like puppy dog look when Lizzie's like, get out of here. <laughs> um, Like when she shuts him down, like he just, he does, he looks so hurt and so guarded. And so like, he just like, yeah, he is very vulnerable and bodies all of like what Darcy must be feeling being rejected by like his ideal woman. Cause like he's in like his thirties, like she's. Mm-hmm she's supposed to be like 21 or 22 and he's like late 20s early 30s so like obviously like men of that like status can get married whenever they want as many times as they want um like obviously in sequential order not necessarily like have 15 wives but you get what i'm saying (laughs) um so like it's not as weird that he's like 31 and unmarried but it kind of it kind of you know shows that like You know, he had other things in mind. He wasn't thinking about marriage, but he meets Lizzie. And within the course of like three months of knowing her, he's like, I'm gonna marry that bitch. And then she turns around and she's like, you're not worth my time. Like, don't breathe the same air as me. Get out of my sight. And like how wounded that must be to go like 31 years. And like, you know, I'm sure he's had many proposals and many offers from other families be like "Marry." And he's obviously had like the underline that like he's supposed to marry his cousin um so like all of that aside he's like no Lizzie and then she rejects him that must have been that that is like character that is the one thing that like would have shook your world that's why he had more character development so to speak than Lizzie did because like he's this grumpy old he's this grumpy dude he wants nothing to do with nobody and he seems like after that moment he seems to be more patient more tolerant of like people of a lower status, because, like, he goes to the hotel, like, when they meet again in Pemberley, and it's, like, awkward, he, like, she walks back, and he's, like, I know you want to walk back, and, like, Loki's, like, I love you for it, um, so, like, she walks back, and, like, because she took the long way, like, he just, like, hopped on his fucking horse, and, like, giddy up to like, half a mile down the road, and, like, walked into this, like, plain, basic-ass hotel, where, like, any humdrum mofo is, like, walking around, he walks right up to her aunt and uncle, and is, like, we should hang out lowly folk i'm reaching out to you Mm -hmm. so like that's like a huge character development that he's like oh yeah you're right i do kind of suck and i treat like poor people like shit. that's like
0: how he's being perceived by her right because like the the uh like his maids and stuff like his servants Mm -hmm. all say like oh no he's like super generous like he's always been very generous and and like poor people love him because he is very kind and you know liberal with his money and helpful and you know all that but like he realizes like to lizzie he comes he, off he, like, yeah he did not come across that way
1: right he comes off as this like classist dick and he's mm-hmm. like let me let me turn the tables real quick let me readjust and yeah he walks into this hotel walks right up to like and again they're not like poor people they're just like of a slightly lower class than he is and he's like hello lower class guys and gals let's go fishing and hang out at my estate tomorrow and they're like awesome and so like he's obviously doing that as like and like he says it himself he's like all of this i did for you he's like mm. i'm doing all this for you bitch and you're just like oh. i love it it's just
0: yeah i think uh the perfect mcfaden is i agree very he's like the perfect movie Darcy because mm-hmm. he's not like as he's not as grumpy as Colin Firth is mm-hmm. in the miniseries um but he's he's got the voice but, like Colin Firth doesn't have that voice right um so that like kind of gives him that like more broody feel mm-hmm. um, but he still has the like puppy dog wounded like vulnerable man face it all works. It works for me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. He carries it well. Mm-hmm. I yeah, exactly. I wouldn't trade him for the world. I mean, obviously Conference done it, so like if they're like, No, we have to redo it, but only with Colin Brent, I would be like, Yeah, fine. But you know, if you can get Michael McFadden in, that'd be great. Yeah. Or I
0: Matthew
1: think... I keep I keep calling him Michael McFadden for whatever reason.
0: But it's funny because like I watched Succession before I saw Pride and Prejudice. So <laughs> I know him from Succession, and he is, like, completely different in that show, and he is my favorite, he's, he's my favorite part of that show, so it's,
1: doesn't he have an American accent in the show? Yes. Okay. I've never seen Succession. He's, like,
0: Midwestern. Nice. Um, So he's, classic. He's, like, the, the, like, Midwestern, not poor boy, but, like, the, like, not millionaire boy marrying into, like, ah this family and how he like navigates that but Mm,
1: mm.
0: he's very skeezy and very funny and just very different than Mr. Darcy but I love his range I I appreciate it so much like it just makes me appreciate him as an actor and as a person even more um all right and so then we have Donald Sutherland like you said he's been around since the dawn of film
1: (laughs) it really has
0: I he feel like he was a- an interesting choice for he was. Mr. Bennett.
1: I loved his little list, though. Like, I just, I was obsessed with it. Um, And I kind of love how he's, like, you know, because, like, I guess back in the time, like, the man of the house is kind of, has supposed to, is supposed to be, like, full of more bravado and more, like, protection and, like, this is my land, this is my house. And he's straight up just, like, he's, like, kind of vulnerable. He's kind of just, like, meek like he's not a bad person but he's just kind of like old and like doesn't give a fuck anymore like he's just like whatever i'm on my way out it's probably gonna it's my time's coming soon so you know all this stuff it is very like so he donald sutherland in general was an interesting choice for all of that but he does it really well because he's got the little lisp he's got the white hair so he's like older in general anyway but like he's like He's not a big buff dude. He's just like an average sized dude just like chilling on a farm with his fam. Mm -hmm. Not really caring what does or does not happen, which is like so weird. But he, I I liked it. He was cute.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. I feel like in other renditions, uh, Mr. Bennett definitely feels more warm. Mm -hmm. And I think Donald Sutherland's version is a little more reserved and not as expressive which is weird because I said earlier you know like all of the Bennett family's like dynamics is a little more warm in this film which is true but I think him in particular he's a little less like involved in the movie than in some other adaptations but I think it works because at the end he cries when she gets engaged and so it's like okay he does care he is involved he is invested in his daughters and does care you know like what happens so I I think it was very good very good choice
1: yeah he like he kind of reminds me of like my family where like just the men in my family like my medium family are like a little more reserved like they just like not reserved like they're hard and mean or whatever but they're just like quieter kind of whatever and then the women there's more women in our family and we're just a bit more boisterous and you know loud and stronger personalities like more expressive etc so like like, when you were describing, like, the the daughters as a unit, I was like... And you can relate. Like, you're, yeah. all, your family's only, you know, girls uh, of the children. So, it's like, you know, the women kind of bond as, like, a unit. And then, like, the one man or, like, the two or three lonely men are just kind of like, we are men. Yes. <laughs> but we are dominated by strong-willed women. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't expect life to come out like this. Um, so... That's why, like, there's a special place in my heart for Mr. Bennett, generally speaking. Mm. Um, but yes, he was a great choice.
0: Yeah, I think we should do speed round through some of the rest of the casting so we can get to our top five. Um, okay, dokie. So we got Judy Dench as Miss Catherine de Um, She has a very small role in the film, but also a very large role. I feel like she does that a lot, where she's, like, not in the film a lot, but plays a huge like, yeah, art in the story. You know, right? Yeah. Um, I think she does. I think she does this type of character very well. The very like stiff, um, bitchy, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, regal character that kind of comes yeah. in with all of her power, and mm-hmm. the other characters have to maneuver around her. And I, I think it's she does she she adds a lot to to whatever film she does. Exactly um Rosamund Pike I think she's so she's such a dynamic actress like I think she's incredible like she does gone girl and is like this like cold ice queen
1: manipulative
0: crazy uh well not crazy but kind of crazy uh character and then and then she's like the most demure and sweet and innocent kind
1: and like there's no like looking at it being like I don't buy it you know like she is just like the sweet Jane like sweet you
0: know, totally mm-hmm. normal. <laughs> Nothing wrong with her, <laughs> Jane. Did you know that the guy who plays Mister Bingley,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I believe his name's Simon Woods. That they mm-hmm. they dated like before the movie. Oh, um, so they were exes at the time of filming.
1: Oh no!
0: So that's
1: so awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the director. Was like, I didn't want to I didn't want to cast Simon, but he was just like too perfect for the role. So I mean
1: he is a golden retriever human. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. and that's who Bingley is. So mm-hmm. it, it is perfect casting.
0: And they have like great chemistry. So I think it works out. But he called Rosamond and was like, Hey, is this okay? And she was like, Yeah, it's fine. So it's I'm sure actual. I'm sure it was very difficult and very strange, but mm-hmm. I think worked out and i think that's just like a very interesting weird
1: i didn't know that that's interesting cool.
0: yeah um we got jenna malone as lydia i feel like uh, that was pretty spot on casting <laughs> yeah
1: because like she's the same person as she is in the hunger games or she's mm. just, just like wild like sexual person
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know gotta respect it she got what she wanted in the end a man's an army man's
0: true uh, we got Carrie Mulligan. This was her first film ever. Um, yeah. So, I think that's pretty cool.
1: She was. She's a long way. She really has. Um, she wasn't in it much, but, you know, she was cute. Mm-hmm.
0: We got Rupert Fr- Friend, I believe, as Mr. Wickham. I don't know. I don't think I've seen him in anything else.
1: I don't think so either. I feel like if I looked him up, though, and, like, I feel like if you go to his, like, dis- or not discography, geez, his, like, Film, like right. history, you'll probably like, he's probably in Game of Thrones. I swear he's in Game of Thrones. Like, everybody's, he's in Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. Like, he looks like, like, like Mr. Who. Doctor Who, not Mr. Yeah. Who. <laughs> Master <laughs>
0: <Whom>. <laughs> I never watched it. Sorry.
1: Don't yeah, come no. after me. he's Yeah, uh, he's in one of those like really famous British, like British shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's like a villain in Sherlock or something. But he looks like <laughs> I gotta a look
1: this up. If he's in Game of Thrones, I'm going to like pee myself.
0: He looks like a kind of like Walmart brands Orlando Bloom. So, yeah, yeah, like a
1: bit stockier, like a bit like a, a slightly thicker Orlando Bloom.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have uh Tom Hollander as Mr. Collins. And he's just like such a weird little man and I think he was perfect.
1: He's in he's in parts of the Caribbean. He's the um and again, he's also chasing after Keira Knightley because he's the, the Navy guy, the British Navy guy with the powdered wig. And he proposes to, uh, to Keira Knightley in the first scene. Are you sure? The first movie, and she faints and falls. Isn't that him? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's the same. I guy. feel like they, all
0: British men look the same. So, you know.
1: Oh my God. Well, I'll look it up later, but I'm, I'm almost certain. I know he could...
0: was in Bird Box. I know that. But
1: he was in Bird Box?
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, I thought he's good casting. Mm. He's very strange and awkward and kind of like uncomfortable in his own skin. And that choice is uh, yeah, very good for Mr. Collins. Okay, so do we have any other final thoughts on, on the film before we move on to our top fives?
1: I have no other thoughts except for everyone should watch this movie at least four times a year. That is my prescription um yes i was right tom hollander is in pirates of the caribbean hmm interesting who's he in bird box sorry like that that threw me i've seen bird box right <laughs> well good job good job anyway that <laughs> uh, rupert friend was not in game of thrones so oh dang yeah damn
0: um we're gonna find out that he did like one of those things where he just retired from acting and now he like owns a pawn shop somewhere
1: you know <laughs> i like... wish i was scrolling he does have a pretty extensive like acting history i just don't know like if it's it just like
0: mostly like british television or something
1: like mostly like kind of like yeah lo- like british television or like you know you know b-list movies you haven't mm. seen mm. or heard of so <laughs> sorry rupert yeah that's you're fine great- you're great as wickham
0: as long as he's happy you know yeah All right. Yeah. I, uh, final thoughts on the movie. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a very good, um, romance film. I don't, Mm -hmm. I, I find that a lot of romance films have moments of weakness and this one doesn't really. And I think that's a testament to Jane Austen's writing and just her ability to create really dynamic, interesting characters that are very human. I agree. So, Good job, Jane Austen.
1: Good job, jane. we love you also <laughs> props for naming the hot daughter jane i just love that fact like she's like oh our hot daughter jane it's like i see what you did there jane is this also. like a dig
0: <laughs> is it yeah true <laughs> true um all right so now let's move on to our top five favorite book to movie adaptations i don't have mine in any particular order i just have a list of five
1: i i put mine in an order okay uh, but they're they're all pretty close you know what i mean like they're mm-hmm. it's not like i'm like oh like it wasn't pulling teeth to think of one
0: all right okay so i believe the rules that we came up with when coming up with um this category we said that we had to have read the books that yes. uh, of the movies that we chose Correct. so there are a lot of movies that i've seen that i love that are based mm-hmm. off of books, but I never read the books, so I Same. can't put them on my
1: list. Only films, not TV shows.
0: Yes, only films, not TV shows. So no Game of Thrones.
1: And we can um, include Shakespeare and the Bible.
0: Yes. I did not do that. But... Neither did I. Okay. I just, yeah, we just threw it in there for <laughs> You fun. said
1: something about the passion of the Christ, but yeah. I was like, stop. It's <laughs> like my dad is not. In honor, of, in honor of
0: Peter Devlin, I had to I had to put it on my list.
1: <laughs> um my number five i have harry potter and the goblet of fire
0: okay yeah nice
1: is this your um, only
0: harry potter on your list it's not okay. um
1: it's number five because i think it's like just the it's i think it's the closest in my opinion to like how the series like how the book the goblet of fire goes like of all the harry potters not only is it like pretty close to like the events of the book but it's also just like the most entertaining book wise and series wise mm-hmm. because you know it's got the whole you know wizard tournament like it's just so fun and seeing it come to life on screen is like really great so that is that is, oh, sorry that is my choice for number five what about you
0: that's a great one um interesting enough, I have Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. At Ooh. Um I think it's my favorite of this of the seven books. Mm. Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite of the books. And it's just, I don't know, the movie feels very true to the book. I think
1: I think <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban is like the scariest mm. of the of all of the movies and of all the books, because like who's the Who is serious black? Like, what's all the what's the deal with all these dementors? Like, I remember reading it as a kid and being like, like not scared, but like kind of like ooh, like literal like witchy vibes. So (laughs) it's it's a very good. good, It's
0: a very good like fall like Halloween type movie. Agree. The it's the first of the series where the tone is a lot darker Mm -hmm. because I believe the first two films were directed by Christopher Columbus, and then. this one was directed by alfonso caron yeah and so the tone is a lot darker because the the story gets a lot darker Mm -hmm. and i think that's i I just was super drawn in
1: and it's like a big mystery like there's Mm -hmm. a big mystery surrounding the story of the prisoner of azkaban so that also makes it like because like the first two are like cute, like there's mystery in like Chamber of Secrets, but it's just kind of like it's still them just being like hee hee. They're children. Oh no! Someone turned <laughs> to stone. Darn! Like mm. that's weird.
0: Yeah, I will say Goblet of Fire is also very good. Um, yeah. I feel like as I've as I've gotten older, it's it's moved up on my my rankings mm. of, of the Harry Potter. But so those are our number five, number four. What's your number four?
1: My number four is my other Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, um, because it's just so cute, like it's just adorable. It's and it's it's like kind of how you said Azkaban is a good Halloween movie. Goblet of Fire is a good Christmas movie. I agree because like everyone loves the Chris the Christmas scene where it's like Happy Christmas, Ron. Happy Christmas, Harry. Like. <laughs> Um, so cute, and, like, they're just, like, because now you know what they look like as adults and, like, how they've grown and, like, progressed in their careers, and it's just so fun, like, and very nostalgic to, like, look at them as little babies. Very true. So, I love it. And that one's,
0: like, a classic because it just, it, like, sets up the whole tone of the series, and I think right. it definitely does a good job of, like, translating the world of the book on mm-hmm. screen. Um, it, it just is a very good setup,
1: so... Good choice. Thanks. What about you?
0: Uh, my number, f- <laughs> my number four is uh holes.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> um, I actually never actually did I read holes? No, I think I like, I didn't read holes, but I've seen holes. Obviously, everybody on this planet seen holes.
0: I read holes. I believe in sixth grade. Yeah, I think I was yeah. in sixth grade, and um, the book was written by. Lewis Thatcher, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Hmm. And he also, like, helped co-write and co-direct uh, the film.
1: But nice.
0: it's just, I don't know. Like, I- I'm not a well-read person, so I feel like a lot of my <laughs> choices are going to be very juvenile because it's, like, I'm drawing from a lot of the books that I read when I was younger. Um, yeah. Because it helps. It's just they're nostalgic and it influences the types of movies that I watch and the types of movies that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so holes is my my number my number four. Nice. Number
1: three. Oh, okay. My number three um is Bridge to Terabithia. Wow. Yeah, sorry, I had a dark turn. Um <laughs> we're we're gonna bring it down a notch. Um well I was just thinking about like I haven't seen Bridge to Terabithia in a really long time, but I remember reading it. And, like, of course, it's a really sad book. Um, and then, but watching the movie, like, little Josh Hutchinson, or Hutcherson, whatever, and little Anna-Sophia Robb, so cute. Like, their friendship is just so lovely. Like, and they, it's so pure. And, like, they are obvious. I think they're actually good friends in real life. I might hmm. be wrong, but, like, that is my understanding. Um, And, like, they just have that great, like, friendship chemistry. And then it is all ripped swept from under you like a fucking nuclear bomb and so you're just like left like with like visually with the aftermath and like the scene where because like he doesn't like fully like register or like process the fact that she's died his friends spoiler alert like um, <laughs> she's died um and like the moment he does finally like break down and like cry and like you know just like it all like comes flooding out weeping like i'm sobbing it's over like not a dry eye in the house so brilliant performance by two like child actors at the time so that is my choice
0: i never read the book but i have seen the movie and it is i i I don't think i will be reading the book
1: uh the book is just as devastating as the movie so (laughs) uh, you dodged a bullet
0: um my number three is uh into the wilds it's a oh. um, so the movie was directed by Sean Penn, mm-hmm. um, but it's based off of the nonfiction novel by John krakauer mm-hmm. Um about a young man who hikes Olivia.
1: Yes. I was thinking about Into the Woods, not <laughs> into the wild. I was like, Sean Penn directed Into the Woods like fucking James corden singing and shit. Sorry now now i'm registered.
0: no 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 not into the woods um into the
1: wild into the wild yes it's
0: about a young man who hikes into the wilderness um, yes.
1: um to kind of discover list. himself list, right yes. was the guy's name yeah 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 i'm i'm tracking now.
0: yeah and then he he just, uh unfortunately loses his life while he's out there that's right but um we i read this in high school i believe it was my sophomore year mm-hmm. and i remember it being just like a very like controversial book like between like we had to do those like uh debates or whatever like after reading books in English class and like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of like my fellow students they were like yeah well he deserved to die because he was an idiot for like going out there and I felt like that wasn't the point of the book like I like there's just so much that you can get out of the story and it's Mm -hmm. like just a very harrowing story of this man like doing something difficult but also just like trying to do something for himself and like whether or not you agree with his choices like it's just yeah. a very beautiful story um and i thought that the film did a really good job of like depicting that but also doing a good job of like paying respect to to the real guy
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um yeah i don't know it it's just made an impact so
1: I also read Into the Wild because we went to high school together. So I remember reading it in high school, but I never saw the movie. So I'll have to go and watch it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. And now what is your number two?
1: Number two, I have Emma, also by Jane Austen.
0: Oh. Have you seen the new Emma? I have not read or seen any version of it. <laughs> so oh, my God. You're my missing- reaction to that was... Uh, was um. <laughs> False. I was lying.
1: You're like, oh cool. And I'm like, tell yeah. me everything you know. And you're like, happy oh. uh, um, it's so good. Um, it has uh Anya Taylor Joy, it has Bill Nighy and other people I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's her comedy. Because I mean all of her books and like her works have like funny moments, but like Emma is supposed to be a comedy about, like, a young girl who thinks, like, she's, like, a wealthy girl who thinks she's, like, a matchmaker. Like, she's just bored. She's, like, I'm a matchmaker. And, like, everybody's, like, no, you're just a bored, dumb, rich girl. She's not dumb, but, like, you know, you're just a bored, rich girl. You're not actually a matchmaker. And you're making mistakes and messing with people's lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially what it's about. It's so good. And it's also a romance because, like, she has her, like, you know love interest um so it's just brilliant and it's very funny even with like the old timey words like kind of like Pride and Prejudice you're just like oh that's still a really funny moment even though like I haven't used any of those words in the in these vocabulary that they use ever so
0: yeah you've you've praised it a lot so I'm very intrigued to, to to read it and watch it so maybe we'll have to do an episode on it
1: we should it's a very it's a long movie it's like over two hours Hmm. um but the book Emma is like I think it was multiple volumes like when Jane Austen it was originally published it was like two or three volumes and now it's a book that's like heckin fat so
0: (laughs) heckin fat (laughs) fat.
1: (laughs) that's our that's our t-shirt for this season is yeah this season
0: uh big uh hot takes
1: big thoughts hot takes and big thoughts (laughs)
0: heckin fat
1: heckin fat so cool that's my number two (laughs) nice
0: uh my number two is the outsiders have you seen or heard of
1: the outsiders
0: no okay
1: i'm surprised wait is the outsiders like a stephen king novel no okay because i'm surprised so far that stephen king hasn't popped up on any either of our lists
0: i mean i'm not a huge fan of stephen king me and I either. haven't read any of his books. So I even if I have Actually, you
1: know what? Fair. Neither have I. I've attempted to read a couple of his books and was not successful.
0: Well, so. yeah, I actually that's a lie. I have read most of The Shining, but
1: mm. Yeah. <laughs> was <that> en- Guinness? <laughs> enough said. That was Guinness, yes. <laughs> that was not my butt. That was my dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> Good. If I was that casual, (laughs) blowing over like a massive fart or whatever that sounded like,
0: you're just like, yeah.
1: (laughs) If I was able to pull that off, I'd be unstoppable. But no, that was Guinness and not my body. Anyways,
0: The Outsiders is a well, it was a 1967 novel um, by Essie Hinton. Um, And the movie was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and released in 1983. Um, it starred, I'm forgetting everyone's names, but I know Tom Cruise was in it. It was a, one of his first movies. He played like, oh, he he was a very, very small role, but it had, um, Patrick Swayze, um, the kid from the Karate Kid. Oh yeah. Uh, Ralph Macchio. Thank you. Um, yeah.
1: His
0: name. Nice. Yeah. So I, it's, it's like a story about these teenagers, um, it's kind of a coming of age,
1: oh story. Right, there's right, the, like, right
0: yeah uh, is this
1: I, is starting to sound familiar yeah I there's don't. like
0: greasers and socias and mm-hmm. rumbles and
1: uh
0: murder this, and this sounds
1: yeah. like a like a book that was introduced to us in high school yeah yeah okay
0: yeah this was one of my favorite books oh, uh, nice. in high school and the movie is is a classic it's it's it's
1: great yeah um, nice
0: yeah. All right. So what is your number one film book adaptation?
1: I mean, come on now. It's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's P&P. Classic. Nice. I've said as much as I can say. Just kidding. Um, So good. I mean, I'll be brief because we just talked a whole lot about it, but you know, <laughs> so good. Cast is great. It's a beautiful romance movie. It's my comfort movie. Um, I haven't read the book in a long time, but I did read it probably in high school, um, so it counts and it's my number one. <laughs> nice. What about you?
0: Twilight? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no,
0: Twilight is an Lucky honorable Surprise is not on. Our list. It's it's an honorable mention, but
1: it's not my favorite. My it's favorite. It's an honorable mention for me too.
0: My number one is uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: Hmm. Nice.
0: This I I think has consistently been like one of my favorite novels since yeah. I've read it. I can't really pinpoint why. It's just interesting. It's like written from a very interesting perspective.
1: Yeah you, can, you,
0: you the narrator is very unreliable. Of course. Um the characters are damaged and interesting and it's written during a time of like people slowly starting to understand how people in institutions are being treated and Mm -hmm.
1: it's
0: a critique of capitalism and i love that so you know
1: you know a movie i watched (laughs) so i read one flew over the cuckoo's nest but i never watched the movie Mm -hmm. um but a movie i did watch not too long ago which i believe is supposed to be like inspired by one flew over the cuckoo's nest is girl interrupted yeah yeah that was good that was a good movie mm-hmm. um i liked it so that is my thoughts that is all i could say <laughs> <laughs> did i didn't watch one flew over the cuckoo's nest i watched the gender man right, right. <laughs> but i like it better because like she ends up leaving the hospital <laughs>
0: unscathed pretty much Mm. so yeah i i I, that's you haven't seen it so that's all i'll say yeah Um, yeah so those are our lists do you have any honorable mentions
1: twilight of course twilight yeah the twilight series of course um and honestly actually i haven't seen i've only seen the hunger games oh i forgot about the hunger games yeah i know well you were talking about like one-note or two-dimensional, like, um, female protagonists, and I was, not like, always thinking of Katniss, but, like, the book itself is, like, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, I don't know, like, I wasn't crazy for Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss, but that would be, like, another honorable mention that it was just, like, it was just cool that it became a movie, I guess. True. And that also has my, my, Childhood bff
0: uh Josh Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah. I have quite a few honorable mentions. Um, Ooh,
1: I can't wait to
0: hear them. Interview with a vampire.
1: Did you read uh, Interview with a vampire? I did. Wow.
0: I'm not done yeah. with it. That's what <laughs> you I haven't read. finished it, so I haven't that's why it wasn't on my list. Because oh, I, okay, I didn't okay. think it was fair. I haven't finished right, the book right. yet. Right. Um Gone Girl. Mm. Um obviously Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I've But that's like a juggernaut. Like, it's like two, it's three, three books, three books to three movies. Like, it's not fair, you know, like, yeah, can't, yeah. can't include that. Uh, we got The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe.
1: It's mm. a classic. It's a good one. Yeah, I did read that, actually. I also read Prince Caspian. I kind of read them out of order. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and then my last one was American Psycho. I did read the book. Uh, the movie is much better than the book. Will, I'll say that. Um mm. We're gonna do an episode on it eventually. That was that's okay. where we left off, but never never came back around. Never picked up. No.
1: So. Did I end up watching American Psycho? No, no. <laughs> no. So. not yet. We'll get to it. But those are some of my honorable mentions. Um. Yeah, I don't have any others. I mean, I like reading. I've read a lot, like, but I don't know how many. And, but I also I just don't watch movies. So like, any book I've read that was made a movie, there are very few that I've seen the movie of, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm a more non-fiction gal than I am a fiction gal these days, so. Yeah, you
0: are much more, like, well-read than I am, so this is I think a good combination of our two worlds together, film and film and books.
1: You're more well-watched. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well-viewed. I don't know. know.
1: (laughs) Well-seen. Yes.
0: All right. Okay, so those are our top five book to movie adaptations um i'm excited for this like new setup on. thing that we're doing Renaissance. yeah um this was a, a very fun welcome back episode i love pride and prejudice i'm excited and happy that we got to talk about it and i am excited to be talking about movies again
1: i agree i'm glad we're back i'm glad we finally sat down and we're like it is time <laughs> um and did a whole, like, Lion King moment, um, yeah. Yeah, all right, well, <laughs> I
0: guess we've been talking long enough, uh, we have plenty of time and other episodes to keep gabbing away, so let's, uh, let's wrap it up, and I'll see you next time. Sounds great. Uh, I guess, up, I don't up. keep up with the socials, but we'll dust them off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you can follow notifications and i'm like i know yeah Uh (laughs) (laughs) oh shit (laughs) you can follow us on instagram if you'd like to i will start posting again um at at another picture show on instagram Mm -hmm. you can follow us um to listen to us anywhere you get podcasts so spotify google podcasts uh we'll post this on youtube and who knows maybe this is the first one where you can see our faces we'll see maybe If you're watching it and I said that, then you already know that that's the case.
1: But yeah, we're here. Yeah. Full of cheer.
0: All right. Well, I love you, Madeline. And thank you for chatting. And I will see you soon. Bye. Bye.